Keanu Reeves is my spirit animal. Is like, he? no, he's not. Is that? Your spirit animal can't act, but keeps doing it anyway. <laughs> you know, so they they're like they talk about a quality that they admire in somebody else. So okay. they're like, that's my spirit. Is animal. that how that works? No. Okay. So everyone, stop doing that. Yeah, it's not Keanu Reeves. I and and if you think Keanu Reeves is your spirit animal, you need to go on Netflix and Amazon and see the work he's been doing the past couple of years. That's mm-hmm. gone straight to Amazon and Netflix, and you'll realize he is no one's spirit animal. He's not even his own anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's given up. He had stubble in a movie. Stubble. Must have taken him months to grow that. And it looked bad. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmari and I'm here with my co-host. Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. This was sent in by my husband, Greg Zenon, just a quick piece of mass news. You've got like, it. <laughs> so we want to grab that news. Yeah, we want to make sure to get that, that mass component in. So Massachusetts. The Massachusetts. It's not the, the mass of the Catholic no, Church. No, not that, or not the, you know, the masses of people who are right. out there. But or just, a, a measure of weight. Yeah, it's mass as in people from Massachusetts. Okay, so um, mass news. Mass news. So this is a Slayer mosh pit broke out at a wedding party, and and Greg said only in Mass. Why? Why only in Mass? And why? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. We're not from Massachusetts, okay. so I leave it to. And I did run this by other people from Mass, and they were like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." So normally, when you go to a wedding, it says you see typical dances, bride and groom's first dance. I have never seen this before. Have you? You've been to a lot of weddings. Yeah, bride and groom dance first. How yeah. do they go? It's usually really <laughs> stilted. Is it like they don't the, know how to dance. The, is it the first minute of the dance, and then hopefully everyone else just comes on and cloaks what they're doing? Pretty much, or it, it, yeah, they dance, and then everybody joins them on the floor. Okay. But what kind of dance was it? It's a slow dance. But was it choreographed? Did they have some lessons? People, some people do take lessons. Okay. And they do a nice little number, but sometimes, it's usually people just stammering, because like, it, for, for, staggering back and forth. What you usually see in a lot of, like white films mm-hmm. is these couples going to these like really long sessions of like Fred Astaire dance or yeah, whatever. And but I've should. never seen that. They should. They if you're going to dance, if yeah. If you're going to dance and, and make it a nice dance. But usually it's like a, an that was grade. That was pretty much a trend that was going on. People were like, let's kick this reception up a notch with a dance that's going <laughs> to blow everyone's minds. They're yeah. not going to know. Like, it's not enough that we've gotten married. They're not going to know what hit them when we bust out this cha-cha-cha. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, yeah, the couples come out, the couple dances for the first time. Everyone can join them on the floor, or they mm-hmm. go through the whole thing alone. Does the and wedding they party do... dance, too? Are they included in this dance? No, no, okay. it's like a spot. It's like they're dancing for the first time, so they get the floor. Okay. And then there are um, other dances where the bride dances with her father. Yeah, that's weird. And then... What kind of dance is that? And then the groom dances with his mother. Okay, also weird? Yeah. Because, uh, weird because... It's probably has never happened before. Yes, yes. And so it's I was it's awkward to dance with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of a slow dance thing because it's not really something that we do regularly. Yeah, and then to dance with a parent. To dance with your mom? Yeah. I wouldn't even know what to do. Who leads? I don't know. <laughs> no, you dance. <laughs> oh, sorry, dancing with my father. That's father. not going to happen. Yeah. All right, so normally you go to a wedding, you see the typical dances, bride and groom's first dance. My personal favorite, the electric slide. Always, everyone can do this dance. Oh, yeah. And anyone can do this dance. Father, daughter dance, etc. But now and then it takes 
um, for one wedding to stand out is to change the music. So I watched this video. It's basically like everything is going smoothly. Then someone puts on Raining Blood by Slayer. Oh, my God. And then a mosh pit starts to happen. Really? So these are people who are not, I mean, it's a Slayer. So they're not that young. That's right. They're probably they're in their probably thirties, maybe forties. Yeah. They it was hard to tell because the video was a little shaky. Um, but <laughs> oh, really? A surprise? <laughs> yeah, surprise. The video was shaky. It wasn't the official video of okay. the wedding. It was like someone's phone, and I yeah. imagine in my mind it was a flip phone. Like that's probably. what it seemed like. Yeah. So this was the case at the wedding party of Adam and Catherine, where someone had the bright idea to ignite a mosh pit on the dance floor. Started off in good fun. Which it does in the video. You see people kind of popping around a mm-hmm. little bit, kind of bobbling around. And then all of a sudden, it really erupts. The bride is in there for a moment, and then the bride is ejected out of the side <gasps> of the mosh pit, and then is visibly upset. Oh, my God. So it got violent. So it, but the thing is, is that she was participating in it at first, thinking, oh, people are hopping around. Yeah. I've never been in a mosh pit, but I can imagine if one starts, you're like, oh, everyone's getting excited. They're hopping around. Sometimes you do the thing like House of Pain, jump around. Yes, that's what jump I was around, thinking. Jump up, up, and get down. Yes. And you just jump up in the air. Yes. And that's fine. That's what it started out as. Well, then, then that's then. why the bride was there. She didn't yes. give her a blessing for a mosh pit to form. And then you just see this woman fly out of the side oh. of it. And then she's just in the... Onto the floor? Does she fall? She doesn't fall, but I mean, like, she's ejected. So she's still a foot, but she just kind of gets bounced out. And then you see her over on the side, kind of like, with her, like a derisive. You know what I mean? Just like... "Mm." (laughs) That kind of a look. (laughs) And that's the end of the video clip. You're ruining my special day. I know. I can't... I've never... I haven't been to a wedding in a long time, and now I'm at the point where if I do go, I probably won't be... On the dance floor, if a mosh pit erupts, yeah, or it's a mature wedding and it's going to be the electric slide, yeah, or there's some other like kind of group dances that you know I've seen done at weddings, and this is mostly at African American weddings. But at no point does it have I ever seen the dance floor become violent. No, no. <laughs> and the bride, who's clearly it's you know it's her day, yeah, and it's not that it's not the groom's day, but you could always identify the bride. Like you could walk into any wedding. Right. Oh, yeah, and you know, and t- you know the, who the bride is. And, and you could very easily not bump into her. Like, so if you, when you go to weddings, I'm always cautious of even getting close to the bride's train. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, because it's a whole It's, it's a, a whole, whole thing. It's, it, yeah, that's a lot of money. You don't want to get that near to them. And I think most women don't realize this, but if you're going to be doing a lot of dancing at your wedding, you need to have a second outfit. Mm-hmm. I had a second outfit because I was like, I'm going to have people destroy this, and I don't want my dress to be destroyed. Right. So there's going to be a mosh pit at your wedding. You know, you need to have a second ensemble. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, like, the top would be fashioned like a uh, like a concert tee. Yes. And then lots of, and some tools. And then, like, some Doc Martens. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to get stomped yeah, like on. Yeah, like a, a tool ballet skirt. Yeah. Doc Martens. Doc Martens. And maybe like some uh, white combat pants underneath. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That is the second. That's the, that's the second outfit for, for a mass yeah. wedding. Yeah. If there's going to be a mosh pit. Also, who put the Slayer on? Worst wedding DJ ever. That's I know what will kick this party off. <laughs> All right, what do you have? I have robot news. All right, so robot news is we, we're reporting on the robot apocalypse. That looks really frightening. Yeah, <laughs> this is really frightening. This is... The robots are our overlords, basically. Okay. Hello, overlords. Yes, hello. How are you doing? <laughs> okay. Enjoying the podcast? Okay, there is a RoboCop, a park, and a fight. And it's huh? about expectations about robots. Wait, why would they call it RoboCop? They're calling it RoboCop. Okay, it looks like basically there is a robot. All right. Hang on. I'll back up a little bit. 
Isn't doesn't isn't the story of RoboCop that being part robot corrupts him? Yeah, he was he was a cop and he basically died and yeah. then they made they made him come back to life. They and, rebuilt him. and gave him part um part of robot body. Yeah. That's in the the original with Peter Weller. The remake with Joel Kinnaman, I think they they try to soften it a little bit. Mm. But he loses some of his humanity. He does. But right? so he loses some but he still has some. But by then, RoboCop 3, I think they've created some robots that don't have any humanity at all. Anyway, let's see what Well, I think the first one really explored that issue. If you're more machine than man, mm-hmm. human that is you saying the third one really didn't have a moral? <laughs> yeah, like, what, what are you? How much of your humanity yeah. can you lost and still be a human? Yeah, okay. That's my question. That's what how I want to know. Well, how does this RoboCop play into that? Okay, so paradigm? in Huntington Park, California, a fight broke out recently in the parking lot of the Salt Lake Park, mm-hmm. a few miles south of downtown Los Angeles. And <clears throat> so a woman, she did... Uh, what was the practical thing to do? She ran over to the park's police robot to push its emergency alert button. I'm sorry, what? That's the practical? I've never even seen a police robot. Yeah, this police robot. Uh, so she was, I was pushing the button. It said, step out of the way. Huh? It just kept ringing and jingling, and I kept pushing and pushing. But it was just saying, step out of the way. <laughs> what? So she thought maybe the robot, which stands about five feet tall and has police emblazoned on its egg-shaped body. Mm-hmm. Some could be said for a lot of people, we know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, wanted a visual of her face. So she crouched down for the camera. It still didn't work. She crouched down? How tall is this woman? Oh, it, but the thing is five feet. Yeah, so it can't take a picture of someone taller than five feet? Well, well, maybe it wanted a visual of a face, so it, okay. whatever. So, so she's trying robot. to figure out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why is, is this? She's peering into it at this point. Has she identified it as a, as a suspect yet and whatever's going on? Yeah, because it's saying step out of the way. So she's like, do I step? Where do I go? <laughs> Which way? Yeah, do you want to see me? Do you want to see the fight? Yeah. I don't know. Without a response... Um, you know, they so they dialed nine nine one one. About fifteen minutes later, after the fight ended, a woman was rolled out on a stretcher and into an ambulance. Her head bleeding from a cut suffered during the altercation. So, what did the robot do? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, amid the scene, the robot continued to glide along on its pre-programmed route. Awesome. Humming an intergalactic tune that could have been ripped from any low-budget science. Film. Why was it humming anything? I'm sorry, does it have like a, a racist Irish accent? Did it mean like some kind of like. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah. The almost 400 pound robot followed the park's winding concrete from the basketball courts to the children's splash zone, pausing every so often to tell visitors to please keep the park clean. So this <laughs> thing goes on a pre programmed route around the park and says either step out of the way, keep the park <laughs> keep clean. Keep the park clean. Anything else? Yeah. Well, it's been patrolling the park. Not very well, though, because yeah. an incident happened in the park. Someone tried to outcry to the robot, and all it said was, step out of the way. Yeah. People Does it say are, nothing yeah. to see here? So <laughs> so people are encountering robots, and now we're developing a set of expectations. That they're going to perform. That, yeah. Also because it says police on it. Police and an emergency button on yeah. it. Yeah. I feel like a police dog would have done more. Mm-hmm. So it's like... <laughs> There is a gap in the the, poli- the robot's alert button was not yet connected to the police department. I'm sorry. So this is this is the problem with technology. It's the kind of thing where someone's like, I don't know why this sophisticated piece of equipment isn't working. It's like, are there batteries in it? Have you turned yeah. it on? The calls are instead directed to Nightscope, the company that creates and leases the robot. Oh, that's right. We've heard about Nightscope before, which mm-hmm. we think is actually DARPA. I think we. Yeah. So Nightscope has and. 
was the robot free? Because it should be, because it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything. Um, he, and then Nightscope, they, they question them, like, why... They're like, well, they shouldn't be using those features. We haven't advertised those well, features so, yet. What feature is it? Then, then the, the emergency button? Having a... Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have... Otherwise, now you just have a gigantic... Um, you have a gigantic cone that rolls around and spurts out phrases. Yeah, that's basically... In but it's not... You were right. Like, people have an expectation that a police robot is going to police... Yeah, so this is there are seventy of these autonomous security robots developed by Nightscope, mm-hmm. and they have this self-driving technology and artificial intelligence, and they want to create a fine. A, they want to create a what they call a crime-fighting autonomous data machine. Also, oh, basically, they're just collecting data on people, but they're not going to do anything. Yeah, oh, come that's on. what they're doing. Why so creepy all the time? <laughs> why not? Why not actually provide a service? Is there some kind of a like a a malfunction in these people's brains that they just have to be Lex Luthor? Like they actually can't even unintentionally provide a service? Yeah, it, <laughs> it's like they're putting things out there so people will accept them in public. Great. Putting this cone around, but then make now we're angry at it because it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so all all that needs to happen now is someone's like, you know, when I push the emergency button, nothing happens. What happens when I take a two-by-four upside the head of this thing? Yeah. Now what happens? Yeah. Nothing? Does someone show up? Do the cops then show up because you damaged the robot? Because they weren't going to show up for that woman getting the crap beat out of her. Yeah. The robots are deployed across the U.S., serving everywhere from airports to gas stations. Still haven't seen one. I think that's because we're in New York. And then... Um, I feel like New York is probably not okay with these kind of things. Yeah, I don't think also, so. Also, we would steal them. Remember, everybody would ha- it would be at the party tonight that I'm going to. A yeah. police robot. Remember several years ago on the show we talked about that one robot that was like hitchhiking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they the sent country. it across and they got the crap beat out of yeah. it like in Philly. Yeah. It didn't get it, like it it made it through Canada. I think in Canada they like tuned it up, polished it. It gets to the US already. Yeah. It looks like, you know, a tin can that's been in the road. Yeah. Well, this particular one, the one that's patrolling the parks. And I caution you against using the word patrol because it doesn't seem like it's patrolling anything. Yeah, it's rolling around. Just rolling Rolling around. Rolling around, and it has a 360-degree high-definition video stream, a license plate reader that can scan 1,200 plates a minute. How to help that woman from getting her head busted I know, I know. And step aside? If it can see 360, you don't need to step aside. Oh, and it has a two-way intercom and the ability to track cell phone use in the vicinity. So that's what they're doing, but they're yeah. not helping anybody. Yeah. Also, it's a glorified security camera on wheels, but it's not even a security camera. They're just collecting data. Yeah, just so collecting don't even data. call it a security yeah. camera because nobody's responding. No, nope. and you can't. Security do gives the idea that they're actually going to provide some kind of service. So, what is it that they're hoping to see? So they're trying to. They're the robots. Five cameras provide twenty four seven live monitor, monitor monitoring with the ability to send footage directly to the officers' phones. And then what? But it's currently now only it's only available to Nightscope, not the cops yet. So, so this, what's the point? So this company is collecting data on people. So here's my question: saying that, that so a private company yeah has in a, a, in a public park in a public park that says police on it, so people think that they're being. So people accept the robot in their park, accept but really it and it's think just that it's security, and it's night scope collecting all this data on people. It's, but okay, that, that's creepy enough as this. But again, to go back to my Lex Luthor thing, what are they going to do with all this? Are they going to find out that what you and I like to go to a park, and when we're in the <laughs> park, maybe we get on the swings, maybe we have a picnic, maybe, maybe we have, we have a, a coffee, yeah, maybe we around. have a coffee. 
You know, we, we came into the park at 7.30, we left at 7.45, we came back with coffees, yeah. you know. Like, what's the point of all that? And then they track our cell phones? Yeah. Great. So, you know, we, you know, the idea of, like, well, so they'll know where you are. Everybody knows where I am right now. I'm in Funkadelic Studios in the heart of Times Square. Like, it's not that difficult to figure out where I am. Well, this concession stand worker in the park said he noticed a change in people's behavior since the robot's arrival. Just its presence seems to offer a sense of reassurance to many. Really? A lot of people think it's because they feel secure they can leave their kids. No! Yep. I've read, I've read studies that say that sometimes that has the opposite effect, a chilling effect, that people don't act naturally. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you, are, um, when you step on stage, mm-hmm. <laughs> how you act differently. Or when you're on camera being filmed, you act differently because you know you're being observed. Mm-hmm. You, you don't do the things that you would do normally. This is a public park. People should be allowed to, to relax and hang out. And if you were scared in the park before, that's something that needs to address. Yep. But you should not feel that you can leave your, your children. children to, this, this thing is going to babysit your children. Yeah. Uh, and also, is that, is that why you went to the park? Yeah, right? You're like, get rid of these little mofos. I'll be back. Yeah. And on Labor Day, curious children trailed the RoboCop as it patrolled. And one little boy bumbled behind it with a bag of Doritos, like, just, like, watching it. And then he was lightly stroking the cylinder body. And another Mm -hmm. boy was like, why are you petting it like a dog? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, get it together, Nicholas. Yeah. So it's like... Uh, trying to everybody's the brains of the human trying to make to figure out what's going fit on into their kind of their schema. But then that one kid being like, "This isn't right." I would like to see that kid twenty years from now. Yeah. So <laughs> one kid is petting it like a dog. The other kid is like, "What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing?" So that? if they grow up seeing this, uh, what is going to be the long term effect of it? Yeah. Like I, I don't think that there is. I don't see any evidence that. You are going to stop people from doing what they're going to do anyway. Yeah. We have so, you know what I mean? Cameras are everywhere. It doesn't stop people from. So the person who was assaulting this woman obviously also saw the police robot, didn't care. Yeah. And then when the woman went over to be like, help, 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 was like, whatever, I'm going to continue bashing this person's head in. Nothing's yeah. happening. I don't see any cops here. What are they going to do? They're going to find this video later and track me down. I'm gone. Yeah. That's bizarre. Night scope once again. Got the four R's. Yeah, thanks, Night Scope. So I have um, some advice on advice. Uh, advice on advice is a segment that we do where we find advice on the internet that stinks. And it's unqualified. And we improve upon it by giving our advice on advice. Um, this is Ask Amy. Ask Amy. And this is okay. advice for the real world, unlike the other columns, which is like for theoretical worlds. <laughs> yeah. Unknown. <laughs> The hologram world. Yeah, the hologram world. Dear Amy, yes. I'm in love with my best friend's fiance. Oh. Yeah, and I'm set to be a groomsman at their wedding. Uh, this is the kind of stuff where I'm like, really? It's like a rom-com. Yeah. I met the bride in college. We worked together. After a few months of office flirting, we spent a night together. One, one night. night. One passionate night or one, one night like on the couch? Just one night. Just a night. I told her how I felt. Ooh, really? In the one night? That's enough to throw panties on any woman. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Hence, she's marrying somebody else. (laughs) 
Um, I told her how I felt and she reciprocated. However, the next day I got a, can we act like this didn't happen and just be friends text? She said that because she just was like, yeah, get me out of here. Yeah, in the moment. Because sometimes you get free. It's like, yeah, me too, dude. Yeah. And you're reaching around for your purse and your phone. Yeah. Your keys. <laughs> your putting keys. Putting on your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I respected her request. Many months later, we met our new co-worker. Uh, he and I became good friends. Mm. I know. A, a year in, they started seeing one another. Despite being best friends, I never told him or anyone how I felt about her. Why didn't you say something immediately? Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't want to admit that I was still holding on to one night from several years ago. Okay. I moved away in an effort to distance myself from the relationship. Wow. But the fact <clears throat> that he's a groomsman at their wedding means that he, did he come right back? This is just mm-hmm. one hell of a friend, this guy. Yeah. Um, but remain good friend, great friends to both. After years of turning down potential partners, I decided I deserved to be happy. I dated a woman for four years. So this is nigh on like seven, eight years now since that one night. Right? Oh, my I'm God. Just adding some. <clears throat> he I must did- have gotten a taste of something he liked. What happened in that room? Yeah. And also... And what kind of woman is this? Maybe he was just young, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, I dated a woman for four years, <laughs> and while I loved her very much, it never matched... What I feel for the bride. Of course, because that's a real relationship yeah. and that's a, the other one's fantasy. That's yeah. never, the real thing is never going to be as good as a fantasy. Months will go by where I don't think about her, but when I go back to visit or if she's brought up in conversation, people are talking about her all the time. Yeah. That Barbara. <laughs> oh, you mean Barbara? <laughs> you mean Barbara? Yeah. I realize the feelings are still there. So here I am, seven years. Into this ridiculous infatuation. The groom is like a brother to me, and I think they're great together. I have no delusions about our future with her. I just want to be able to move on. Can I gain closure without coming clean to the bride or groom? Because I fear to do so would end both relationships completely. Yeah, pretty much would. Yeah, keep it to yourself. Yeah, that's it. I mean, really, can I gain closure without coming clean to the bride or groom? You're going to have to. Yeah, that's it, buddy. There's no other way. You're going to have to just let it. You're going to have to let it go. Why should everybody else deal with your issue? Yeah. Stop putting it on other people. Let it go. It's not going to happen. Move on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is really clear You know what's good? You know, like... Watch her closely, and she's going to inevitably do something disgusting that's going to turn you off. Yes. Like, just keep a close eye on her. Yeah. She's going to she's gonna do something that's going to be, She's going like, to say something or do something. You're going to find out some new information about her that you don't like suddenly, the cut of her jib. Yeah. <laughs> that pedestal, she comes down off that pedestal, and it's she's another person. Who are these people? So, I've never had a situation like this, but when I was much, much younger, there was a guy who was really interested in me mm-hmm. and idealized me, and literally, we got to know each other a little bit, and I think he was like, well, peace out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's the reality sunk that's in. It. Yeah, that's it. That's what happened. I don't know it's who like- we thought I was. People get fantasies going yeah. on, or they see like one thing that they really like about you that their relationship is lacking at that time, and they hone like, in on that. Only, yeah, it's like the if, grass is greener. It's like no, all the grass sucks, dude. Yeah, it, it all does. needs to be it mowed. Yeah. It all needs to be mowed, reseeded, fertilized. All of you it. know, all of it. Yeah. Um, so let's see what this person said. One way to oh, so when when you ponder the concept of coming clean, mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself. What good would it do? The answer here is none. Yeah. For sure. And I don't understand. Like, closure is one of those things that I personally don't think it can really happen in mm-hmm. most situations. Sometimes you just have to deal with things. Right. Like, and, and, and opportunities where I've tried to get closure with people, they've been like, 
who are you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what's going on? Great. Fine. It's over. Enjoy. One way to gain closure would be for you to witness the wedding, which he will do at a close mm-hmm. distance. Because Not. he's the crooks. <laughs> yeah. You, well, and he's going to have to just de- Like, if you can't let it go once you see them get married, like, from, like, three feet away as a groomsman, when, when you hand that guy the ring... Mm-hmm. And he puts it on her finger. That should be your closure. Yeah. Like, I don't know how more clothes. She's off the market. She's had seven years to get some of you. And And doesn't. She has not. Yeah, like, it's your husband's best friend. It's not like you're not around. Um, So, and make a conscious choice to finally close the book on infatuation. You've been moving toward this for several years, and you have been largely successful. I don't know why she's saying that. I don't think he's successful. No, he's, I mean, he's separated himself, but he has, still has those feelings. Yeah, and now he's going to be at this wedding. Um, continue to generously grant your friendship. I mean, it's probably not all that. Mm-hmm. I, I Sometimes I think people overestimate, like, if this guy disappeared, the the, the bride might be like, phew. Yeah, I, maybe. That guy, yeah. I see him hanging around for the, that tiny one night, that horrible one night seven years still, ago. Yeah. He's still here. Maybe yeah. it was unsatisfying for her and embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, if she was like, let's not, maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's like an embarrassing guy. Yeah. Maybe he's like that weird guy. Yeah. And she was like, I was drunk. Yeah. Uh, Or maybe the the booty was bad. Yeah. And it was just like, now when I reflected upon what we did, the repertoire, I just got to say, let's just be friends, man. Yeah. I'm not even going to recommend you to any of my girlfriends. (laughs) Like, let's just keep it. I would, if I were this guy, I'd just totally like... You know, kind of ghost this relationship yeah. and just move on. Move and then, on. like, make new room in your life for yeah. other people. And then maybe once you've moved mm-hmm. on, you know, and, and make room for other people, you can come back to it. Yeah. Or not. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. I don't know. All right, what do you have? Okay. I have how to find your spirit animal. Mm. Okay. So it's, it's funny because... People talk about spirit animals and they're like, you can actually have an animal that kind of... Um, that resonates with you okay. or whatever. But I can, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, um, Keanu Reeves is my spirit animal. Is like, he? no, he's not. What is that? Your spirit animal can't act, but keeps doing it anyway. <laughs> you know, so they, they're like, they talk about a quality that they admire in somebody else. So okay. they're like, that's my spirit animal. Is that animal. how that works? No. Okay. So everyone stop doing that. Yeah, it's not Keanu Reeves. I and, and if you think Keanu Reeves is your spirit animal, you need to go on Netflix and Amazon and see the work he's been doing the past couple of years that's mm-hmm. gone straight to Amazon and Netflix, and you'll realize he has no one's spirit animal. He's not even his own anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's given up. He had stubble in a movie. Stubble. Must have taken him months to grow that. And it looked bad. <laughs> I, uh, but apparently he's one of the nicest people. He would have to be. He yeah. probably shows up on time sober, knows his lines, yep. can't deliver them, but knows them. But he helps a lot of people out secretly with money and oh, all really? kinds of things. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Like He's like a super nice guy. And oh, really, good for him. Yeah. So people mean, oh, he's my spirit. No, he's not. No, he's not. You're not that nice. Yeah. And you maybe can act. <laughs> And shave. Okay, so people talk about their spirit animal. Sometimes you're connected to an animal. Uh, like, what kind of animal do you think you're connected to? Well, wolf, obviously. Wolf, obviously, From yes. The wolf shark. Yeah. In fact. And I think mine is a lion, but it's probably a koala bear. <laughs> That's right. That's what... You aspire to lion. Yeah. It would be like a fierce koala. I don't you know. know. Anyway, but if you don't have one, and okay. or if you keep switching them around, I, we have a way for you to find your spirit animal. Okay. Is it a quiz? This steps. These okay. are steps. Here. Oh, okay. It's a procedure. A yeah. process. 
Okay, your spirit animal is the embodiment of your subconscious mind and therefore cannot be chosen. It must choose you. Oh, shit. Okay. In most cases, your spirit animal will present itself during a time when your mind is relaxed and able to wander internally. Have you visualized a koala? No, it's... I'll tell you what's happening. Okay. During dreams and meditation. However, spirit animals may also reveal themselves in physical form, often displaying unusual behavior or showing themselves several times in short succession. So that means, like, if you suddenly... If you come across an animal that you don't usually, Mm -hmm. or in, like, within a week you see... Mad wolves. Yeah, mad wolves. Or, (laughs) like, like, raccoons all the time. Okay. And it's like, you don't really see them, or whatever. Or some unusual animal comes out of nowhere, like a dragonfly in the middle of New York City. Okay. You've never had that experience. That's always crazy. I've never seen a dragonfly in New York. Oh, yeah. Now that I think about it. I have. But it's like, I'm like that. I don't know if it's my spirit animal. Mm Mm-hmm. But if I see a bunch of them throughout a week, maybe it's okay. Maybe so it you, is. you do just see a couple of them at a short period of time, or exhibiting unusual behavior. Sometimes, like uh, maybe a butterfly might land on your hand. Okay, it's like they don't really do that. No, generally, no. This morning on the way to the studio, I saw a skunk minding its own damn business. I don't know. <laughs> if that, <laughs> I don't know if that's. It was huge. Was it? It was huge, and it was taking its time, minding its own business, and then it went into the to the backyard of a building, just like cash. Really? Yeah. The Bronx, right? Right. <laughs> so sometimes the animal then has a message for you, and then you mm-hmm. would look up what that animal de- means in the spiritual I'm gonna sense. I'm going to go with the mind your own business and, yeah. and go in the back entrance, is what I learned from that animal this morning. I saw the funniest raccoon one Saturday night. It was like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. In New Jersey? In Hoboken. Wow, which, I didn't know you guys had raccoons. They're there, but they come out really late. And But it was like a, it was a busy time. There's people around. Biggest, fattest raccoon amples over to a little skinny tree, like a sapling. Mm-hmm. And then reaches up and tries to pull itself up, but it's too fat. <laughs> and so it's like. Wait, wait, were people shaming it? Squirrels <laughs> are shaming it. But you could see it's on its face. It was just like, ugh. And then it went back down again. And oh, then no. Tried to gra- climb up and couldn't quite lift its body. Fell back down. And then was just like summoned up all his courage and then made it up the it's tree. It's all that food. It's yeah. like, imagine, like where I'm from, we have a lot of raccoons, but they're pretty svelte. Yeah. Like when I moved up to New York, I was like, what's going on with these raccoons? They get problems with cholesterol, they're stressed mm-hmm. out, you know. Yeah. No, they're just like. <laughs> This raccoon was on a branch, and the whole tree is, like, shaking. Oh, and no. So this is, I don't know. Does Hoboken have any significant parks? Maybe that's where the raccoon needs to go. Because yeah, you guys really don't have, not, not in Hoboken. There's little parks around Hoboken, yeah. and there's a lot of kids, little yeah. kids dropping But there's not a place where a raccoon can, you know, do some pull-ups. No. And, like, get, no. Oh, no, no, no. And get fit. No, so they're getting really chunky over there. All right, so <laughs> how to find your spirit animal. Okay. All right, first of all, observe nature. Get outside. Take off your headphones and pay attention to the abundance of the world around you. Take my headphones off. Because you have to get in tune with nature. Okay. You can't be in tune with Slayer. That's right. (laughs) Notice the direction of the wind and the patterns of the birds above you. Okay. The step is essential in preparing you for your spirit animal connections. Your ability to find your spirit animal and receptivity to their guidance depends on your ability to observe the natural world and identify signs and symbols. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, number two. All right. Take note of animal encounters. Be open and attentive when an, an, when animals appear in your life. Okay. Do not be afraid or dismissive. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Beat it. 
Instead, make it clear that your heart is open, especially if the animal behaves out of the ordinary. <laughs> Not if they're rabbits. Yeah. And also, to New York animals, and there are, I don't know if you've seen these uh, in Manhattan, but in the Bronx, there are signs everywhere. They're picked, it's like a PSA. There are pictures of different animals that mm-hmm. you can see in New York. And then underneath it says, like, we're New Yorkers too. <laughs> I don't know who's putting these up, if it's the cons- Conservancy or the Parks Department or whatever's going on, but it's all the different kind of animals. And I find that in general in New York, the animals are much more casual than the animals that I grew up with out in the country. Mm -hmm. So they will let you come closer to them or they'll... It's just like how you pass people on the sidewalk casually. Mm -hmm. That's how animals are in New York. Like The skunk I saw this morning was literally just going down the sidewalk like everybody else. Yeah. Then hung a right. Yeah. Casual. Didn't care about what was going on. They're not afraid of people anymore. No. Squirrels, too. They're like eating a nut. Like you sit down, you look at them, they look at you. Oh, they're eyeing you, waiting for yeah, you to like, finish what? your bagel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Is there salmon on that? Oh, my God. The birds and the squirrels will come right up to you, like, looking yeah, at you while you're eating. waiting for yeah. you. There's a, there's a couple of birds in my neighborhood that have, they have had the same nests outside my window for years. They are small birds, but they think they're eagles, and they, are, they shriek like mm-hmm. much larger birds. I think they're all talking to each other, and they're like, these humans. I, I think some of those birds are telling each other to shut up, because they sound pretty aggressive. All right, so what do you... So, take note of repetitive encounters with animals, whether in physical or symbolic form, such as an object or an image. Mm-hmm. Repetition may be a sign. So, if you keep, like, coming across, like, an article about a turtle, and someone shows ah, you a turtle picture. So, in other aspects of your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you go to someone's house, and they have a turtle collection. Okay. Or, like, a tur- turtle hummels, not turtles. <laughs> There's some people who have turtles. Yeah, so look for things like that. You keep seeing the same thing over. Number three, have a ceremony. Conduct a ceremony and call in your spirit animal. Just right quick. Yeah. (laughs) Ceremonies may involve burning, um, the burning of medicinal plants. Wink, wink. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, and then they say such as sage or palo santo. Okay. As well as chanting and creation of altars. This is very general. I feel like if you're actually going to do this, you need to identify it with someone's, with with a culture that already has some ceremony set up for you. Yeah. Because you don't want to, I don't know. Yeah, get into somebody else, some <laughs> ceremony you don't really know yeah. about. Yeah. Or were you supposed to make up your own? Yeah. During the ceremony, ask for your spirit animal to show themselves. Envision dreams. Show yourself. <laughs> Real life form. Do not question or overthink their appearance. Rather, ask for their support and guidance. I mean, my thing, I've always loved wolves. Um, and actually, I went a couple of days ago to the Whitney Museum. They had, they had a new opening. Mm-hmm. And I love modern art, but it was literally some of the worst. It wasn't even that I just didn't like it. It was one of those exhibits where, I don't know if you've ever gone to a modern art exhibit, where everyone's just like, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. I talked to some of the staff, the guards, because they're the experts. Mm-hmm. They see everything. And they were like, yeah, man, people are not feeling this. But at the, towards the back, there was a, a room that said, like, Wolf Nation. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this is exciting. I went inside. It's just film, like, animation film that this Native American artist has done of wolves hanging out in the forest and howling. I was never happier. People kept leaving because they're like, what's going on? I'm like, shush. <laughs> they were howling. I was into it. It was oh, awesome. Wow, that's it's like so cool. four films. They're about eight minutes long. And it's just wolves uh, coming together, like hanging out, howling, looking around. Mm-hmm. And it was, I thought it was like, it made my day. Yeah. So I could see other people were like not into it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Do yeah. you not see the artistry before you? And These they're wolves? like, no. No. We do not see We're going to go back out and, and look at something that looked like a rotten piece of cotton candy. <laughs> With some hair pieces on top of it. I'm not kidding you. 
<laughs> that was the piece. Uh, one of the best comments. <laughs> one of the best comments I heard from this exhibit was, "Man, these people got a lot of balls." <laughs> so what did it? Was was what was it supposed to symbolize? I have no idea. It's an artist who was from our generation, mm-hmm. and I'm always harder on artists of our generation because I get the work. Like mm-hmm. I know where they're coming from. So she was using like found objects and you know putting kind of things together, but everything was hideous. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, there were a lot of hair pieces, like old weaves and things put on to other things. I don't know what it was she was trying to say. One uh, piece was a bunch of broom handles, like long broom handles stuck into the wall. And at the end of each broom handle was a string. And at the end of that string was in a Ziploc bag, some kind of trash, which prompted one woman to say like, this isn't art. This just looks like the stuff I threw out. Yeah. If you can't, if. It when you lack the art part of your yeah. art, then that's a problem. And this is the Whitney. So people are going there to experience new work. It's not that this is a very open-minded crowd. And we were trying. Mm-hmm. There was one piece that was working, and everyone flocked to it because they were like, thank goodness, I just mm-hmm. want to see some art. Yeah. But the rest of the stuff was so bizarre. But I encourage people to go see this exhibit because it's wild. And if you're a creative person out there and you were ever worried about how your stuff is going to be received and you think you can't make it, no, this woman made it. Mm, and the stuff it. is awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. It's, I, I'm actually going to have to read up on it because I don't understand how this happened. One of the exhibits was she had taken... Um, it was like a cigarette in a Ziploc bag inside of a mason jar. And then like some old food in a Ziploc bag in a mason jar. And some things like from a course of a meal to represent the food that she had had. This was a recreation of a piece she did in the 90s when she lived above like a, a restaurant. Okay. That was the piece. So, but that doesn't really mean anything. No, and no one was no one was getting it. And there probably is an artful, because I've seen stuff like that before where it's like a lot of everyday objects put together. Mm-hmm. But nobody was, you know, to use a common tech, like parlance, nobody was feeling it. Yeah. And people, people were confused and angry. But because we all were feeling the same thing, that was interesting. Yeah. So that was evoked that evoked, yeah, that that kind evoked of something. There was one of her things where they were surrounded by chairs, like folding chairs. Mm-hmm. And some older people were there. One of the problems with museums is if you're older, have mobility issues, there's never anywhere for you to like sit down mm-hmm. for a few minutes. So these people started mm-hmm. sitting down. As some older ladies who were dressed very flamboyantly, people came up to them and they were like, "Are you? Is this the piece?" Oh, they thought that was <laughs> because they looked yeah. cool. Yeah, they were interesting. Without the old ladies, it was just, and they, the one woman was like, "No, I'm just tired. I'm resting my feet." Yeah, you know, awesome. I'm going and check out Wolf Nation in a second, see some real art. That's really funny. Yeah. Found objects. Found no, this wasn't found objects. No, but I'm just saying, like found oh, yeah. objects. You were bringing it up before. Yeah, yeah. Can't stand a found object and like somebody say magically, look how I transformed. No, it. do something, there, transform it. There is very few artists who can work with found yeah. objects and make them. Into it's hard. Else. It's re- that's what I think was interesting about this exhibit. She was trying to do something that was the the level of skill that you need to take a bunch of old weaves. Mm-hmm trash, concrete, and other things and put it together in a way that, like, says something and works mm-hmm. was more skill than this woman had. Yeah. Yes. It's, <laughs> I, I was watching a, um, a special on PBS by... They were profiling this photographer who was... And he was talking about how his own sense of timing and how that made his his 
photography stands out from the rest. And he was explaining his whole method. And he was one. He was the only photographer that was allowed down at 9-11 right after the attacks. Because of the skill of his work. Yeah. And he was his skill is that he has like a sense of timing where he can see, he can sense what is going on and then snap the image at the right time. So he can almost anticipate when that picture will be. Oh, wow. Instead of, you know how we see something, we're like, we need a picture of that, and then the moment's over. It's over, yeah. We've seen it in the moment, and now it's too late to capture it. Yeah, but he can kind of put together those elements and how they they will come together in about three seconds or five Mm -hmm. seconds, and he'll take the picture then. So, to this artist's credit, and I can't remember her name, she did have a couple. She had some pieces that were two-dimensional pieces, Mm -hmm. some photography and some drawings from a notebook that she had photographed that I thought were quite interesting. But I don't know if it merited a full floor, you know, multi-room, weeks-long mm-hmm. place at something like the Whitney. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have used that same space to really showcase some some artists that um, maybe need a little shine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of space to show what essentially, and I hate to say this, and I don't think I've ever said this before about anything I've ever seen at the Whitney, was crap. Mm. <laughs> like, really, really really bad mm-hmm. um with the exception of like i said those the the photographs and the old ladies bring them back yeah bring back the old ladies that was interesting flamboyantly. yeah all right but back to our spirit, oh, back animal. To our spirit animal okay <laughs> my spirit animal is bad art okay so um it's, it's, this is funny because you we uh, before we got off on this tangent of art uh the in our new segment the arts yeah <laughs> the <laughs> highbrow yeah Research animals of interest. Research animals that interest you, much like you were researching the wolf. Yeah. You, fa- you found that wolf film. Nation. If you remember the influence of certain animals during childhood, research traditional knowledge or scientific information about those animals. Reflect on certain animals that stand out to you and identify traits and characteristics that resonate with you. So I think even if you don't like the idea of a spirit animal, I like this, like, research an animal that you're interested mm-hmm. in. I mean, and develop an appreciation for it. Yeah, and you can meditate on it, document your dreams. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah. Oh, God. But then they're trying to... Next one is go journeying. Huh? And that's How? Not, Traveling? That's what I thought. But it's the shamantic tradition believes journeying allows you to view your life from a deeply connected and spiritual state. You know, when people go into sweat lodges and take the oh, beauty and that kind okay, of thing. okay. I don't recommend that. Yeah, I don't... I'm not quite... That is a, those are traditions. For me, I would no more go into a sweat lodge than I would go into like a mosque or a synagogue or a Catholic church and expect to understand Mm -hmm. what's happening and then just want to jump in Mm -hmm. and be like, no, I got this mass. I'm good. Like I'll be doing, I'll be doing a piece of this homily. No problem. Right. Right, exactly. It doesn't yeah. seem appropriate. I'll do the homily. I'll yeah. do the transubstantiate. I'm going to turn this wine into Jesus. Yeah, wine. like no problem. I've I've seen. I read about it on the internet. Yeah. It's cool. And finally, just express gratitude. Say okay. thank you for whatever um, animal shows up or whatever. What if it's something up? you don't like? That, that's I think that's why most I'm people. You. It's like a poor, you. So you're saying like you you are. You suspect your spirit animal is a koala, although you'd prefer it to be what was a lion. A lion, yes. But maybe it's a porcupine. Yeah. You know, maybe it's something else that, or like, I don't know. I I think the most disappointing one might be to get an insect, because small. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Not very, like a fly. Yeah. (laughs) Is that anyone's spirit animal? I hope not. A fly. A fly. (laughs) 
I mean, maybe maybe in some cultures it's a positive thing. Well, it could be like the fly has like a million eyes or something, right? Or I guess. It, it sees in like a weird way. But that, a- not for long. There was a movie on Netflix <laughs> I, I always see when I go through. It's an Indian film, and there's a big picture of the fly in the front. So I was like, let me just check to see what it is. I think it's in, in Hindi. Um, and it's basically this guy comes back as a fly. Oh. And I'm like, well, how long is this movie going to be? <laughs> like, what's he going to do? But apparently he gets revenge. Oh. So maybe in some context. I don't know if he just buzzes and annoys people. Or does he land on their food and yes. give them a disease? Lands on food. But it, it looks like it's a comedy, but also has a moral, you know, a moralistic okay. bent to it. So maybe in some in some places the fly is considered to be a positive thing. Okay. You know, I don't want that animal. I'm going to go with the wolf shark, which doesn't really exist, but, you know. I would love that. I like sharks. I love a shark, too. Yeah. There was a uh, shark pups. Is a there's a series this woman makes. It's like she just draws sharks as puppies. That's her whole business. Yeah, they're very cute. That's all I have to say. Except when you start to think about what it is. Because yeah, sure, it's cute, but it's also like you know a great white. Yeah, with a, with a tail <laughs> and legs in your house. I don't know. All right. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Thanks.